The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. We're back on stop. What is that? It's the song that plays in every fucking bodega. <laughs> I was just at a bodega and I was like, yeah, me, my booty, dee dee booty doo. Well, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. We're stressed. Yeah, we're stressed. We're, we're stressed. very, we're very, very stressed exhaustingly, <laughs> exhaustingly stressed. We're just entering the hot part of the summer here in New York City. Uh, it's starting. Uh, it's about to get to that point where it's going to start getting to us. But right now, we're just stressed because of shit in our lives. Yeah. In fact, to the point that right before this, Mark's like, "What are we talking about?" Today? He was like, "I'm so stressed out, I can't even really think about other things." Like, well, besides let's talk about how stressed that. out I am. <laughs> like, well, let's talk about that. Let's do that. Like, like that's uh, that sounds good because right. Before that, I was talking about how stressed I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different factors. There's a lot of different shit going on. Uh, I think we're just both in the need, in need of getting out of the city for a little while. Yeah. And you guys have heard us talk before about you know the need for getting out of the city, the need for getting out of New York because of how fucking uh, bang 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 punch yeah, in the yeah. head. Yeah, it it's punch be. in the head. It's punch in the head. Yeah, it's a punch in the head type of city, uh, and it's constant and it never stops. So every once in a while, you need to get out. And you need to take a break. I think we're just both like too goddamn busy. Yeah, and that's okay. I yeah. mean, it's all good things. It's all good. But, well, I mean, all your things are good things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that all my things are good things, but. But yeah. also, it's good to be able to, like, I immediately, the second I saw Marcus, the second I start, and it's not even just a bitch session. It's almost like sometimes you have to verbalize it to understand why I have had three panic attacks today. Mm -hmm. You know, I just need it. I've been by myself getting all this work done today. And, um, I was just like, Oh, ah. And then when I said it out loud, it's like, okay, now I can compartmentalize it. Now I can see it as a B and C. And now I know that tonight before I go out to this show that we have to do, which I don't have time for, but that's okay. It's going to be a fun show. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yes it is. It's going to be a fun show. And sometimes I, I got to make my list, man. Mm-hmm. I got to get out the old pen and paper and write down what I need to get done, when I need to get it done by. It's just a lot of, you know, I think for me, part of my problem is over the past two and a half weeks, I have this tape that I have to get done that has no deadline, Mm -hmm. but it has to be really good. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I feel sometimes where without a deadline, I've been stressed out about it for two and a half weeks, even though... I can get it in when I'm done. Oh, yeah. Us sound engineers call it the editing curse. It's awful. <laughs> and it's awful because then I watch it and I'm just like, no, I got to do it again. It could be and better. It could be better. And then I do it again and then I do it again and I do it again. And and I'm starting to go crazy. And as uh, a lot of our listeners know, because a lot of amazing listeners gave so much money to our Kickstarter, Murder Fist is leaving next week to go film our pilot, mm-hmm. which is wonderful and amazing. But th- now that like you hit a point and you're like, this has to be the best thing that we have ever created. This mm-hmm. We have to have our A game. We have to have the best of the best of everything. And that's t- terrifying. Of course. And like the stress of, I just... 
the stress of trying to do your best is always the it's not it's not the fear of the unknown it's not it's just such a different kind of stress of knowing that you can do it and knowing that you have to do it yeah i think a lot of people can relate to that yeah. no matter what they do i mean how even if you're a student or a graduate student or something like that it's like that's kind of what it is like if you're a graduate student you're going to give your uh, final arguments uh, like that's what it is like you know like all right I can do this I have the knowledge but I still have to be the absolute best that I can be doing this thing and it's always like if you've got a big project due or something like that and you got a promotion coming up or if you're just a student that's got you know going for his SATs or something like that everybody has that moment in their lives where you think like this is I have to be the best that I can possibly be today like everything is leading up to this of course you know that doesn't mean that that's the last thing right. but that does does mean that you know like a lot of shit is leading up to this but you know that you can do it as long as you prepare which you are preparing and as long as you have know that you have the skills which you do have the skills you'll be absolutely fucking fine you know how to do it all of this stuff is these are known quantities there are no unknown quantities here you're not going to have any surprises you're not going to you're not going into this blind you're going to this well prepared fucking everything written out and working with people that you know you can depend on yeah. 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 And man, just make the elephant get off my chest. <laughs> if I could, if the elephant could just leave for a second, that would be great. Because even sitting here, it's like you're talking. It's like I'm here. I'm present. I'm in it. Mm -hmm. And yet, still, right back in the back, back, back. It's just like, please, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. You're bad. You're bad at it. <laughs> yes, we all have that. Yeah. We all have that, you know? But it's in how you deal with it, you yeah. know? It's when you have the panic attack. Then I took a break. Then you step back from it, and I was like, okay. And I was explaining, you know, the necessary, the need also to if you are in a relationship to have a partner that understands mm -hmm. what that's what happened yesterday when I was having a complete meltdown and Doug gets home from work and he's like let's watch a movie and I was like I can't watch a movie <laughs> and he's like let's watch a movie mm -hmm. and I have to say I watched this movie called Magic Camp <laughs> it is a documentary. It looks pretty good. It's pretty great. And honestly, it's interesting because exactly what you were just talking about. When you go to do this, it's a it's a week-long um, camp that kids go to. It's like one of the best in the country, in the world, that you go to to learn magic. And at the beginning, you do a presentation. And at the end, you do a presentation. And you're trying to build your skills. And it's all leading up to that one presentation. And it's... It's something that never goes away in your life. Yeah. The every, there's always something. But if you don't have something that you're working towards that you need to be the best at at this, then you're not pushing yourself. Yeah. If you're never scared and never worried about the, the what you're creating or what you're working towards, then you're not growing. See, for me right now, the biggest project uh, in my life that I'm working on, like the really big project that I've been working towards for a long time is actually the biggest stress reliever that I have right now. Uh, uh, the the band that I'm in with, you know, your boyfriend, Doug, we're working on an album right now. We just started recording our album last week. And it's like the only thing in my life that's keeping me together. Uh, because, you know, it's like when you, it's one of those things where, you know, you like you have a, a partner that, you know, understands and is able to keep you out. Right now, I'm learning how to do that shit on my own. Right. Like, I'm learning how to just fucking handle this shit on my own and trying to find ways to make uh, life 
bearable without having somebody else there with me because I know a lot of times I've been a bit of a relationship jumper in the past, you know, and, and have not been good on my own, have not, definitely have not been good just being me and being comfortable being me and being able to depend on myself. I don't trust myself a lot of times. And so I don't, and I don't like myself a lot of the time. So I don't depend on myself a lot of the time. And that's what I have to fucking do right now. So I'm using the band like this fucking, the best project that I've ever worked on, like the best creative project that I've ever worked on. Like I'm using that as a source of joy and a source of uh, support and a way to keep me going from day to day, something to look forward to every single fucking week. And I think a lot of people out there uh, can relate to that. And I, I think that, you, you know, you could take some cues from that and that like, if you have that passion, if you have that one thing and it doesn't matter what the fuck it is, it could be my fucking model trains. Who cares? You could have a fucking stuffed animal collection. Who cares? Just as long as you have that one passion, then you can be all right. Like you can be okay. You still have a lot of work to do. Like I can't use that as a huge crutch. I can't say that, all right, well, as long as I have the band, I don't really have to work on myself. I don't really have to work on it because then it becomes the only time that I'm happy is when I'm working on the band. I have to work on, you know, being okay with just being myself alone after work when I'm just in my room by myself. I have to work on that, but the band makes it easier. It makes those moments bearable. Like it makes those, you know, those alone moments where I can think like, all right, well, at least I've got that, but I still need to work on this. So if you're out there and you're, you know, alone, uh, at least as far as like romantically, uh, fucking just find something, find some sort of passion. And that takes away so many of the other stresses in your life. Like if you have that fucking, that one passion, that one thing, it takes away a lot of this. It takes a lot of the pressure off of being alone. It takes a lot of the pressure, uh, off of work. Uh, because when you're doing shit stuff that you really don't want to do, you can think like, all right, today at seven 30, I'm going to walk into that fucking huge loft apartment in Bushwick where my drum kit is all set up and I'm going to sit behind it and I'm going to record a song about a truck stop prostitute <laughs> and it's going to be fucking great. And it's going to be fucking great. Just let me hold on for a little while longer. <laughs> I think that's a, honestly, it, it's funny because it's like the work that I'm doing right now is like it all art or all, all other passions in your life at times can be the stressor, can be the stress relief, yeah, so can be the, the comfort. Stressful. Yeah, it can, but like that's the best part about having a passion is that it shifts yeah. in time. Like it's always something different. Like it's always something that is part of you, but sometimes it does different things. I think that's what's always amazing about it too, mm -hmm. is that yeah, you're right, exactly. Like the show tonight, which I want to see as a stressor, it is that is my stress relief. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to view things as a stressor when you want to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to acknowledge the fact that, no, we love to do these things. Yeah. Even just sitting here right now where I was so angry in my apartment before I got here because I had things to do. And I was like, ah, I got to go do this thing. And then I sit here and I'm like, but I love to do this. Yes. That's Absolutely. why we have things in our lives that we love to do. Not as a crutch, nope. but as just to make you a whole human being. Yeah, some creative 
My creative things are just so fucking wonderful. Just get it out. You gotta get it out. And speaking of doing creative things, we're gonna start our first letter today with a bit of a creative inquiry. If you have any questions for us at all, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com and we'll do our best to get to you as soon as we possibly can. What are we calling this first fellow? Shark Tooth. <laughs> oh, he wants to be called Caveman. Damn it. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. The all right, Caveman. Says, Caveman's good, too. Caveman. He says everybody calls him Caveman. Oh, all right. Good nickname. That's a great nickname, actually. Yeah. yeah. Caveman. All right. Dear fellow long users. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I don't know why. Long users. <laughs> I like. I just think I just like saying it aloud. Yeah, yeah, long users. I'm a young listener with 14 years behind me and God knows how many ahead. I'm also a writer. I like to write as a form of expression and a way to get feelings out in a vacuum. I do not write in a journal to express emotions, but rather I write short stories. I'm worried that if I showed people these writings, they would think of me as a depressed, suicidal kid. This is based on the subject matter of some of the stories. In one, my character makes it seem as if he has committed a massacre, but instead he committed suicide. I am a happy kid with a good life, but my family has a history of harm and a past of pain. This leads to the question of, should I publish them and show them? I'm just worried people will take them the wrong way. I would like this to be answered in a podcast if that can be allowed, and call me Caveman. Everyone else does. Caveman! Caveman! So man, I gotta tell you, no. Yeah, just like, wait. You don't need to do it. You got to wait, man. And especially right now. I would say if I was, you know, when I was 14, uh, if I were to show, if I were to write stories like this and if I were to show them to people, I think it would have been all right. Of course, I was 14 in 1997. This yeah. is 2014. This is a time in which a kid gets suspended from school for biting a Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun and then going pow-pow. Like, this is a time when... there. This is during a zero-tolerance time. This is during a time when people overreact to everything. Which, I mean, the thing is, in a lot of cases, it's just everything's in the shit right now. It's hard yeah. not to overreact to everything. But we were lucky enough... To grow up right before this shit yeah. hit the fan because this stuff wasn't happening when we were in high school. I mean, not until 1999. Yeah, not to this extent. And Columbine. Not, and, and like, and that was such a, you know, that was such a spark that started all these things that even it wasn't so bad when I was in high school and I graduated in 2005, but it was starting to get there. Mm -hmm. And now there is no deviation from yeah. the policy. And and you know what, man? I mean, you're 14. You're still a young writer. Like, who is that thing? It was, what is it? Malcolm Gladwell has with the 10,000 hour rule is that you're not good at something until you spend 10,000 hours doing it. Uh, you know, you're too young to publish stuff. You're too young to put stuff out there. Give yourself some time because I guarantee you the stuff that you have right now in 10 years, you're going to look back on that and think like, wow, I am so much better now. Even in And not that it's years, not good. You know, no, not that it's, it's... I am not saying that at all. Trust me, your email is very well written. Yeah, it is. Like, it's <laughs> extremely well written. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm sure your stuff is, you know, fucking great. But 
it's also best to wait before you put your best foot forward. Here, I'll give you I'll give you an example here at uh, fucking here at Cave Comedy Radio how we do things here. This is a very like kind of a little micro example, but how we put out podcasts is that we record sometimes up to ten practice episodes before we put out the first episode. Most of the shows here recorded a bunch of pilot episodes before we put some out because we wanted to put our best foot forward. Uh, We wanted to come out of the gate being fucking awesome, being as good as we knew that we could possibly fucking be. Uh, And I think that's what a lot of people could benefit from in uh, creative things. You know, it's like, I think now it's so easy to throw shit out there. It's so easy to just make something and immediately throw it out there uh, because, you know, I think, you know, one, people just want other people to see what they've done. It's just like, hey, I did this. I'm proud of it. I want people to see it. But two, I think there's also a lot of impatience out there. I think a lot of people uh, make something and they think like, all right, it's done. I can put it out, so I'm going to put it out. I can put it out right now and then I can immediately see what people think about it. But if you really take the time until you're sure that it's something that you're going to be proud of and something that you're really going to... Once you something you can put out there that you're really gonna be proud of, uh, and but don't get into the Jackie hole. I know. Just, <laughs> as you're saying that, I'm just like, oh my god, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. Yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. Crazy I know. Head. I was getting to you. Yeah. Like don't fuck because I know how you look at me. Like when you look at me about like shit like that, I know you're looking at me. Uh, but yeah, don't get so much to the point where you never put something out or where nothing's ever fucking you know where nothing's ever put out you know no where nothing is ever released like there's what is it the fucking uh, confederacy of dunces guy uh oh, john kennedy so Ode- yeah. good highly recommend that book. I, one of my favorite books one of, my one, favorite of the, books. one of the funniest books ever written if you've never read confederacy of dunces then you must must Please. must <laughs> so read good. this fucking book anybody who hasn't re- read it has to fucking read it uh but that book was published uh by his mother after he died because he never he rewrote it and yeah. rewrote it and rewrote it and yeah. just didn't want it and it's an amazing fucking book it's fantastic it's one of the funniest books ever written uh and the characters are fucking great and the plot is great and it's madcap and zany it's like everything you want from a real a really fun really well written book so you got to find that middle ground you know you got to find that middle ground between putting out the first story that you ever wrote uh, and waiting until after you die to have your mother go through your shit and publish a manuscript. There's a middle ground there. There is a point where it's not, you can't say this is perfect, but you can say I'm satisfied. And also if you have something that you would like to share with a peer or maybe an older sibling that you feel that is one of your finished products, I think that that's all good because then someone can actually give you criticism. Like, positive criticism Mm -hmm. on your work the problem is is that especially in this day and age it's so easy like people are just looking to just tear you down tear you down tear you down especially when it comes to things on the internet or it comes to like people that you don't know because they're so busy projecting how much they hate themselves onto other people that most of the stuff that like the sketches I used to write in high school, if I had put them somewhere, I might not be doing what I do today because of how harshly I, w- I was already bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think that I could take another form of something that I worked so hard on and that was so close to my heart. And I worked on it 
and I worked on it and I worked on it and now I do it yeah. all the time. I mean, of course, I still obsess over it, yeah, obviously. Of course, but, obviously. But that's part of doing something you love. Yeah. And I think that just keep writing. Yeah, write keep, a million of them. Oh, just write every fucking day. Just keep writing them and writing them and, and writing them. And some are dark, sure, man. Get the fucking shit out. Scrape the shit at the bottom of your brain. Get it out. And that's a great way to get the shit out of your head. Yeah. Like, that is a great way to put it into a creative place. You know, some people paint, some people draw, you write stories. That's a fucking great way to get the dark shit out of your head. And if you do, give it to somebody to uh, to check out. Just make sure that it's not going to be somebody who freaks out. Yeah. No, just a friend. Just yeah. like, a, like your best friend. Yeah, because I used to, you know, I used to write weird shit in high school all the time. Like or don't really, show them the weirdest shit, yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, there's some really weird fucked up things that I never want anybody to see. Oh, and yeah. I am glad it's like in the garbage with like an old IBM. Yeah. Like, it's on that hard drive and that hard drive's at the bottom of a landfill or it was burned in a trash can. One of the two. Like, that shit is gone forever, and I'm happy for that. You Me know? too. I'm, I'm happy that that shit's gone and done with. Well, I was thinking about that the other day. I think I've talked about it on here before where my mom read all of my journals that, like, had, you know, all of the... God. The, like, yeah, I had all the celebrities on the outside, you know, but I used to have lists of people that I wanted to hurt. Yeah, me too. I, of all the things that I used to have in there that she didn't read some of my worst stuff, that if she had now... Oh, I mean, I'd be put away. Yeah. I'd be drugged up and fucking put somewhere. I mean, not that I was going to do any of the shit, but sometimes you write shit down when you're a fucking teenager and you're pissed off all the time. Yeah. And the most important thing is anybody out there who's feeling anything like this, like if you feel like your shit is starting to cross from fantasy into reality, if you start making plans, then fuck, get some help. Then talk Get to somebody. some help because there is nothing fucking worse than taking your shit out on somebody else because you feel like shit. Taking your shit out on somebody else and hurting someone else or God for fucking Or hurting bitch, yourself. Killing someone yeah. else. If you have any sort of fucking thought about that, if it's starting to get overwhelming, sure, we all have those flashes of anger and we all have those, you know, flashes where you think like, oh, God, I fucking kill that guy. Like, it, we all have those flashes. Everyone has that. Anyone who says they don't is fucking lying. Humans are violent animals by nature, uh, and we all have bad thoughts we all every have once the, in a while. The, uh, we all have the decision to choose. Yes, we Some all do. Some people don't have that, and those people need to talk. Yeah. They need to talk to somebody. Yeah, if it starts getting obsessive, if it starts getting overwhelming, if it feels like you're losing control over it, get some help. Don't write to us and wait for us to fucking answer it next Thursday. You know, yeah. like, don't, like, don't fucking go get immediate help, real life, face-to-face -face help from somebody and let them know, be upfront about it. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this shit. I'm very afraid. I'm very fucking scared. Please help me. And that is a hell of a lot better than somebody scooping your fucking brains up off the sidewalk because you decided to go on a killing spree and then you fucking shot yourself in the head. But Caveman is not, doesn't <laughs> seem like one of those people. Caveman definitely does not. And I hate to get so fucking graphic with it, but. No, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's. We got a fucking epidemic on our hands. Yeah, right now. and it's in, It's starting to get. I, I'm even. I'm going to Gowanus this evening for the show. That's where that guy just went and fucking shot up a bunch of people two days ago. Yeah, he shot up. A guy here in Queens shot up a metal shop because they turned him down for a job. He killed two people. 
and then, barricaded, the him, and then barricaded himself in and then shot himself in the head. You know, if you just, if you feel like there's something that's fucking itching at the back of your brain that is violent, fucking go get help. Just fucking tell somebody and just tell them I'm scared and they will help you. All right. Well, let's get to our next letter. I can't, <laughs> I can't do like just that fucking like get help and they yeah. will help you. <laughs> well, all right. All right. Let's have up. a fun time. Let's get on to the next letter. <laughs> How are you wacky kids doing out there? <laughs> all right. Uh, this is, a, all right. Well, I know this gal, but let's make up a name for her because everyone likes a made up name. Bearpaw. Hey, Bearpaw. We're going for an animal theme today. Yeah, I like that. Or what cavemen kill. <laughs> Ooh. No, wait. Bearpaw! Bearpaw! <laughs> Hi, Jackie and Marcus. First off, you guys are amazing. I first found CCR a few years ago when my search for podcasts about New York City led me to the New York City Crime Report. I quickly became enamored by Marcus's laugh and so glad that I did and found Sex and Other Human Activities as well. Jackie, you have brought so much to the podcast since taking Sarah's place, and I have to say, you're my fave. Thank you. So here's the deal. I'm finally fulfilling a dream I've had for a long time now. I'm moving from Kansas to New York City in August, a few days after my 31st birthday. I've been there several times, including a three-week stay in 2012, during which I got to hang out with Marcus. Thanks again. Yeah, you were fucking awesome. We hung out in the backyard here at the creek. It's fucking great. Bought her a couple beers. Cool chick. Anyways, back to the letter. Bearpaw. Bearpaw. And I very much feel it's where I need to be. I feel connected to New York City in a way I've never felt connected to anything else before. However, this is the biggest thing I've ever undertaken. And being bipolar with depression that gets crazy when I get overly stressed, I am concerned about how my mental state could be impacted. I was an only child with an overprotective mother, went to Catholic school, and only had one friend that I only got to see during school. My mom controlled my life until I left for college, and I did not get to experience much, good, bad, or otherwise. When I left for college, I went to the same school as my best friend, and things were fine. But when I tried to move to Florida for seven months for the Disney college program, I quickly panicked and ended up back home after just two weeks. While 12 years has passed since that happened, there is still a part of me that is unsure of how I'll handle being so far from everything and everyone I know. I only have a few acquaintances in New York City, so I'm pretty much on my own. So my question... What are your suggestions for adjusting to a place like New York City? Because I know even though I love the city, it will take some adjusting. What are the best ways, places to go to meet new people? But more importantly, as I am unsure of what my health insurance options will be, what resources are there for mental health, both therapy and getting medication for people who don't have insurance or whose insurance is crappy? And what advice would you give someone who's leaving everything they've ever known? I know I speak for everyone who's ever listens to Sa'oha when I say that you guys are life and sanity savers. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you do. Merpa. Hell yeah, man. Making the jump. Yeah, man. That's fucking awesome. Good for you. Yeah. You know what? It was 12 years ago. Yeah. It, it, it seems like you are so on top of of thinking about it and being aware. And I think that the awareness is the number, is the first step. You know who you are now. Yeah. And, and you have, you've grappled life and you're ready for this and you waited till you're ready, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's, it's scary to make that kind of jump, especially if you're making a jump 
pretty much by yourself. Well, I'll tell you this. I had a very similar experience to what you you had. Uh, the first time I left Texas, I went to the West Coast uh, and panicked uh, in Los Angeles and then panicked in Seattle and then panicked in Portland. And I ended up back home in Texas after about, I'd say two months something like that ended up back home uh and it took me and then i went about spent about nine months in texas before i made the move to new york city so you're not the only one that this has happened to this has happened to me as well and i fucking did it i got through it and i only had no actually i take that back it wasn't nine months it was more like four or five long before I should have. Like, I should have spent a lot more time getting my shit together because I went a little nuts when I got here and had very little understanding over my... I'd only been diagnosed with bipolar disorder about actually nine months before I moved here. So I was still figuring out my medication. I was still figuring out how to deal with it and how to live life. You, on the other hand, uh, have... I'm pretty sure have been, you know, known that you were bipolar for a long time now and have been able to manage it. And you know your triggers. You know your fucking, you, you know what is going to send you down into the depths or send you off into space. You've got all this shit figured out. Now, well, you've got all that shit figured out in Kansas. Now you got to get all that shit figured out in New York City. But I think it's just all a matter of listening to yourself. Yeah. It's same as what you did in Kansas City that now it's like now it's just readjusting and being hyper aware of you again. Mm -hmm. And you haven't done that in a long time. And that's okay. It's just another check in. I feel that it's like I, I didn't have the I never moved back home, but I definitely had which even people that don't have mental illness have. I think it's usually around two months in living here specifically, at least I just know of living here, where you have the, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, It is very overwhelming here. There's a lot. But something that really helped me was that I took three months before I got a job here just to acclimate myself, yeah. just to figure out my way around, just to, and I had saved up the money to do that. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I think, especially with dealing with triggers and trying to keep yourself stable is being able to acclimate yourself to your environment and being able to acclimate yourself to how to get places and feeling comfortable before you start the stress of having a job is huge. It is the biggest stress. It's so, I mean, yeah, you got to be prepared to be stressed out a lot of the time. I mean, you've, if you've listened, if you've listened since Sarah, then you have heard us talk about how stressful the city can be many times. But it can also trigger you for some of the highest highs. I mean, it's also... I mean, that's what this city is. It's the highest highs and the lowest lows. It is the most bipolar city in the bipolar world. City. That's <laughs> the thing. But I think that's why it welcomes us. Yeah. It welcomes you. and it welco- it, it Oh, it is, attracts crazy people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because it's fun. Yeah. And I think that you love it here. You already have a connection here. You know you want to be here. That's the scary part, Mm -hmm. is making the decision to come here. Especially, a lot of times, it's like people that have never been here before or, or haven't really lived here before. I grew up here, so I was aware of what it is, the yeah. beast it is, but I wasn't aware of it as an adult. Mm-mm. I mean, that's a different thing altogether. You moved away when you were pretty young, right? Yeah, I was 10. Yeah. So it's like young enough. We had family here, so we were always coming back and forth. Right. But I think that, you know, 
jumping in and then getting to know people you know come out to comedy shows come out to a murder for show come out just going because there's things all the time that it is so e- it's easy to meet people here yeah, just it's go insane. out and do it. yeah and there's also there's a ton of meetups that happen like i think like meetup.com is, is something like yeah. just your own interest there's always a ton of meetups where there's just a bunch of people that's just like hey i like this thing let's all meet up here uh so you can do those uh i mean hell if you're looking for a romantic type stuff you know okay cupid isn't the worst thing in the world depends on depends on what your demons are depends on <laughs> definitely depends on what yeah, your demons yeah, are. Yeah. it can be the worst thing in the world <laughs> uh, but for the most part it's all right so if you're looking you know, like that's that's definitely a resource that that you can use uh and as far as doing stuff with no health insurance, uh, trying to find a therapist, uh, and getting medication. Uh, there are certain places in the city, certain colleges, uh, that will, uh, bring you in and you're going to be treated by people who don't necessarily have their doctorate just yet. Uh, but they are definitely qualified. You know, it helps. It helps. You know, when you have no money or you don't have any insurance, it helps. Look in a Bellevue. Look in a Woodhall. Like there's a, there's a bunch of places where you can go to you know get some help. Uh, and there's also the sliding scale as well. There's a lot of places that do a sliding scale. You know, you can call around and just see like there's you know, a lot of places here. There's a ton of places here, and you know, and there's a lot of places for creative people that do sliding scales. Uh, so there are definitely resources for people who you know don't have a little bit of extra cash. Uh, for you know, if you just don't have the kind of shit that you must have insurance to pay for. In other words, if you're not making like $60,000 a year, like there are places that you can fucking go to. Uh, So I don't know, like leaving everything you've ever known. I'll tell you this, man. I mean, besides that little John out in LA, like I went from a town, I grew up the first 18 years of my life was in a town of about three, 400 people. The next five years were in a town of about 200,000 people and then the last eight years have been in a town of eight and a half million people you adjust you know you you just all you you adjust to whatever situation you're in you just have to live here like that's the only way that you do it everyone lives here differently i don't think there is any guide uh or any straight you know rules for living here guidelines for living here i think everybody figures out how to live in new york in their own special way and that way that keeps you from going fucking crazy uh everyone has their own way and you just got to find yours and that's the thing and as long as you're checking in with yourself and as long as you're aware of what's going on with you because it sometimes is easy to lose control and get caught up in the tide mm-hmm. of the city as well. Oh, yeah. Which there, I mean, I'll go for a month where I'm just like, all right, Jackie, what's going on in here? Mm. What? Because you've been living in, in crazy head for a month and we haven't talked in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's so important to check in. Check ins, man. You got to check in. Because you can get wrapped up in the city, uh, and you can spend all dr- you can be drunk all of the time. Yes, that's a big pitfall uh, that I know I fell into. And okay, fell if am in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, because it's so easy here. Like you can go to a bar and you can find a cheap place and you can get drunk and then you hop on the train or take and a you cab. meet a bunch of people yeah. and then you yeah and the bars are open till four a.m. Like it's something that we've got to get under control. I know I got. 
to get on get it under control. I fall in and out. You know, for the last eight years, I've fallen in and out. I'm definitely not in one of my worst periods right now. Like, you know, my worst periods were, you know, drinking at least six nights a week uh, and making sure to give myself Wednesdays off. Because nothing goes on on Wednesdays, <laughs> but every other night of the week, like there's always, you know, always doing something, always going out and getting fucking blitz. Like, thankfully, I'm, you know, not in that right now. Uh, but you can let yourself get swept up in the alcoholism that most people in New York City suffer from. It's just relearning self control. Yes. Especially you're, th- I mean, you're turning 31. Like mm-hmm. you've done the 20s. You did that. I'm 31. Well, you know, <laughs> you look like you're not a day over 19. Marcus. I know, I know. Well, it's my blessing and my curse. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to start getting laid somewhere around 42. Yeah, 42. Well, you know, you got 11 years to work on it. <laughs> work on your swag a little bit. Yeah, sure. Because I ain't got no swag. <laughs> I need to get some of that swag. Yeah, you should buy it. Right at now, the store. All I, right now, all I got is my toothy smile and coyote eye. Ooh, coyote eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Skia. Oh, no, they're here. <laughs> I just have to make. <laughs> I've got. You have to be covered in blood. I think. Oh, all those hairs falling out. <laughs> oh, my scalp is dirty. Take a shower, Marcus. <laughs> it's the summer. It's time. It's really hot out. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this uh, uh, th- fucking good luck. Uh, let us know when you get to the city, uh, and uh, yeah, come on by the creek. We'll have we'll we'll all buy you a shot of whiskey. It's gonna be great. Yeah, and look forward to it. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and you're gonna have so much fun. Yeah, you're gonna be fucking great. Like, don't do not worry about it at all. It'll be fucking great. It'll be hard, but you'll get through it. Uh, give it five years. You know. Five years. Yeah, give it five years. It's the five year mark when you know whether you want to stay here or not. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Six years. I think I'm six years yeah. deep. Yeah. I, I, I hit five years about three years ago. Yeah. Did a nut check. Uh, thought about going home, then uh, started this thing instead. Yeah, and then continued yeah. on. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, all right, do I want to leave? Nah, I want to stay. Nah, I got an idea. I'm ready to stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because here you have the possibilities to create mm-hmm. the idea that you want to create. Yep, and you got the people to create them with. Hell yeah. All right, well, uh, that's about all we have time for this week. Uh, we got one more. Le- we got another letter that uh, that we're going to get, definitely going to get to next week, uh, talking about uh, Jackie's niece. Yeah. We, uh, we asked for some people to write in on that. So uh, we're going to get to that letter next week. If you have any letters, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to them as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, let's talk about that summer stress, baby. Yeah, talk about your summer stress, because, man, I am so much more stressed. Stressed in the summer. I thought, I, stress, I thought summer was supposed to be relaxing. Never been relaxing. I don't understand why. <laughs> Is it because it's hot? It's because it's hot and you drink a lot. Yeah. We both drink a lot. Mm. And so you're hungover all the time. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll write a paper. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We should probably do something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have a good week, everyone. Have a great week. Bye-bye.